Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. Okay, today we are here with Herb Signs, and we're going to talk about another Fin-funded flip, another successful Burr investment for Herb. He has become quickly a expert-level Burr investor. So let's break down the, the numbers on this flip. And then Herb is going to take us through everything, how he found it, the renovation itself, and then the uh, end result. So address is 4308 Quincy Drive in Midland. That is an address that Lowell might be familiar with. It's actually Lowell's house. Lowell was the motivated seller and sold this property to Herb. So we'll go through that as well. But Herb bought the property for 58000 He estimated his renovation budget to be 20000 And his after repair value estimate, conservative estimate that we underwrote as well, was 118000 So the terms of Herb's hard money loan that he used with Finley Capital to purchase and renovate this property were he took 90% of the purchase price and 100% of the renovation budget. That totaled him a loan amount of 72000 That $72,000 loan amount equated to what we estimated to be 61% of the after repair value of the property. And as you know, Finley Capital likes to stay be uh, lower than or equal to 65% of the estimated after repair value for our total loan amount. The actual after repair value, the appraised value that Herb was able to achieve based on his quality of renovation in the current market conditions ended up to be 141,000. So that's amazing. That that turns out to be an actual after repair value, loan to value for Finley Capital of only 51%, which means that our loan exposure on this loan was only 51% of the actual after repair value. And for Herb, it means he did a heck of a job on the flip. So let's go through it. Now, Herb bought this property on May 5th and his six-month uh, loan term ended on was going to end on November 5th. But again, because he's operating so efficiently, he's going to get this loan repaid and refinanced out uh, in less than six months in his fifth and a half months. So that's pretty exciting. So Herb, way to go. Thank you. Way to go. I've been watching uh, photos. I've been watching the renovation happen on this property. You estimated, well, first of all, let's go back to the beginning. Um, you found this deal in the office, right? That's correct. You got to get closer to that. You found this deal in the office because uh, Lowell was moving out of his house and trying to buy a new house. He was a motivated seller because he had a house that he wanted to buy, but the house that he was in needed to sell first for him to get the, uh, the financing that he was looking for on that new house. The problem that Lowell had was his house needed some work. It was uh, not in the greatest condition. It just had some deferred maintenance that he knew about that he didn't have the time, the resources, the energy, or the inclination to do himself. So he looked at a cash offer as an option to get him out of his mortgage, which he had some equity in anyway, and it was a win-win for him. Yes, it was. Okay, so Lowell goes to, or uh, Herb goes to Lowell, says, hey, buddy, I see you're in a tough spot. You want to buy this new house. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a cash offer in your house. You know, it's probably worth somewhere in the 110, 115 range, fixed up, maybe a little more, but it's going to need some work, as you know, um, 20, 30,000 renovations. I know you don't have time to do that right now. Um, let's look, take a look at your mortgage balance and see where you would be if you got an offer for 58,000 with no fees and anything like that. You know, where, where would you be? Lowell looked at it. He said, yeah, that looks good to me. They probably negotiated a little bit and got to a, a number that ended up being 58, I assume. And then they made the deal. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So then, uh, Herb goes in and he takes a look at the condition of the property. He talks to Lowell about what needs to be done. Uh, he identifies some things, some kitchen, bathroom, floor, paint, electrical, plumbing, a little bit of everything. What we call 
What we underwrite is what we call a medium level renovation. At Finley Capital, we look at a medium quality renovation as roughly $40 a square foot. So uh, Lowell or Herb's initial estimate for his repair budget was 20,000. It ended up going over a little bit to 33,000, which was about $39 a square foot, which is still in line with a medium level renovation, which is what Herb did. And the nice thing about the loan structures from Finley Capital are that if and when the borrower goes over budget, which happens almost every time, that they have enough equity in the deal to make it happen, to, you know, to continue with the project. And it doesn't put their deal in jeopardy and certainly doesn't put the loan in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just impossible to accurately estimate a renovation. There's too many variables, too many unknowns. You can pick the things that you know you're going to do. You know you're going to do a furnace. You know you're going to do a water heater. You know you're going to do kitchen cabinets, and you can count those, and you can go to Lowe's and get a bid. But but you can't count on things that you open up and you don't see. You can't count on decisions that you make later when you decide you want to do the nicer stuff. Uh, you can't quit count on material changes, things like that, price changes and all that. But because Herb bought this property so well, he bought it at less than 50% of what he has it worth at the end. And his his medium level renovation was so reasonable, he was in a really, really good financial position. So, all right, so you found it from Herb. Or, yeah, you got you found it from Lowell. You got it under contract. You gave me a call, said, hey, can you fund this one? I looked at it, I said, boom, 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 boom. Yes, I can. We got you a hard money loan. You closed a couple days later, which was good for you and good for Lowell. Mm -hmm. Now, Describe the renovation for us. Take us through what the $20,000 scope was and then how it ended up being 33 and then how it ended up looking. And if you don't mind, describe to us quickly what you actually did inside of that 874 square foot house, 870 square feet. You put 33,000 into it. What did you get for that? Yeah, so um, initially when I come up with the numbers, initially when I come up with the numbers for these projects, I always do like a best case scenario and a worst case scenario. Um, and base my renovations and the types of materials that I'm using in the renovations on on that. And you know, we're in a market that's changing, um, and it had changed for the better along the way. So some changes that I made to my renovation budget based on the after repaired value being higher was putting in like vinyl plank in the rooms instead of doing carpeting, which upped the budget. Um, by the, by the time I did that, I decided that I was going to go through and put an entire new trim package in the house as well. Um, we were thinking about refurbishing the cabinets when we first started, but, um, as a result of the increase in equity that we've seen was going on in the market, we decided just to replace all the cabinets and all the countertops and in the basement, uh, we weren't planning on finishing, um, any part of the basement, which we didn't, but we did paint the walls and sprayed the ceiling black, which overall gives it more of a finished look or feel um, if it wasn't otherwise finished like that. I would always suggest if you're doing a renovation, you just assume that you're going to do a new trim package because everybody tries to save money by not doing the trim package and they get in there and they get so sick of what they see. Mm. And by the time they start pulling it off, that you're, you're if you're going to redo hardwood floors, you don't want to put the old trim back on. If you're going to put LVT floor, if you're going to put, you know what I'm talking about, if you're going to put new flooring in the bed in the bedrooms to try to pull the trim off and put it back and save it versus just cut in case do new casing it's just not it's just worth it it is definitely the last thing you want to do is go to the extent of making this house look as nice as it's going to and then have dinged up trim all over the place yeah it's just yeah. it just drives you nuts as an mm -hmm. investor and from the end buyer or the end uh, renter standpoint it looks terrible mm -hmm. and it doesn't marginally cost you that much more to retrim a house out when you're already doing the floors now about two thousand dollars in the size house and it was well worth it it's one of the most uh, the best uses of funds i think you can do mm -hmm. in a renovation another one that you mentioned too was kitchen cabinets. Now in an 870 square foot house, you're going to have a small ranch style kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be a big deal to, to do the new cabinets. And 
By the time you start scraping and painting cabinets, you pull all the hardware down, you try to, you know, you stain the hardware and then you put it back and then you got sticky paint and then you try to close the cabinets and they stick, you know, then you look inside and they're still nasty. You know what? You just, you get halfway through a renovation and you say, screw it. I'm just going to buy new cabinets. Absolutely. And just do that. Yeah. The last two successful um, flips or burrs that I did with Finley, I actually re uh, refurbished the cabinets myself, which I will still continue to leave that as an option moving forward. Kitchen cabinets are always the one item that I wait till the very end to rip out in case I have to wait, uh, make up for an um, overage in my budget along the way. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah. Kitchen cabinets are always the first thing I rip out. <laughs> <laughs> It's their bear. They can be a bear to, to refurbish, but it's something that I can do and save a lot of money while doing it. Another thing I noticed here was you mentioned that the after repair value changed during the course of your renovation. And I'm giggling here a little bit because your renovation started on May 5th of 2022. And, and today is the 25th of October 2022. We're in significantly different market conditions than we were mm -hmm. in May um, in a couple different ways. But certainly our after repair value of 118000 I thought was pretty reasonable. I didn't think that was conservative or aggressive. I thought that was you know, pretty close, but uh, the market shifted between October, between May and October in a positive way for, for you in terms of value mm -hmm. at 141,000. We were very conservative on that in, in hindsight, which is great. We always want the after repair value that was actually achieved to be higher than our estimate. That means we're underwriting conservatively and you're underwriting conservatively. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that you couldn't account for back in May was the changing interest rates, you know, the extent of how much those would change. You're a Burr investor, so you're going to a bank and you're doing a cash out refinance, mm -hmm. right? You're using a commercial lender that's nearby. That's correct. And what's the rate that you quoted? They quoted you? Six and a half percent. Okay, so I used to get those at four and a half percent a year ago. And I and you did one a couple months ago. What was your last refi, do you remember? Uh, last refi was six. Okay, so Herb's rates are going up. Everybody's rates are going up on these refinances. Six and a half for a commercial loan, 15 or 20 year AM. 20 year AM. Okay, so a 20 year amortization at a six and a half percent, relatively speaking, depending on which way you're looking in history, is high or low. Obviously, it's low in history, but mm -hmm. right now it feels high because a year ago you could have gotten four and a half percent. So, but that's okay. This is one of the things that it, Burr investors need to think about right now. Even though your cash out refinance interest rates are higher than they've ever been in your life, they are still profitable. 100%. And at the end of the day, if you do a Burr investment and you refinance, and you're getting most or all of your capital out of that deal, mm -hmm. you're having an infinite return, you're building your balance sheet, the equity and the net worth of your balance sheet is going to continue to go up over time. Mm -hmm. Your cash flow will not be as good as it used to be. But you know what? I think rents are going to continue to escalate to match this as interest rates go up. They have to, I think. But either way, it doesn't matter if you break even every month on cash flow, mm -hmm. you're still achieving equity on your balance sheet and you're still achieving all the benefits of depreciation, appreciation, principal reduction. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. There's definitely, there's multiple ways to make money in real estate investing or burring. Um, another way that I look at it too is luckily in this deal, I didn't have to leave a whole lot of money in it at all, but moving forward in deals that I do, um, there probably will come a time where I am leaving money in the deal. Now I don't want to do that excessively. Um, that's not my plan. But I always look at it this way too, depending on how much I am leaving in the deal, how long is it gonna take me to get that money back? Can I get that money back in 12, 24, 36 months? If I can, I still consider that a good deal because I would make that investment anywhere else other than real estate if I if I could get that type of return. I think that's the point. Now think about this from, from Herb's standpoint. Let's say I called you up and said, hey, I'll tell you what, I can give you a house for 141,000. You only gotta buy it for 100,000. 
but you got to put in 10 grand. If you put in the 10 grand to buy for 141, you'll pick up 41,000 in equity on day one. Would you do that deal? The answer is yes. Absolutely. Yes, you would do that. Deal. Absolutely. Okay. This is basically what her pass here. He's got a deal where he's created 40 or 40, I don't know exactly how much, but at least 40,000 in mm -hmm. equity. And yeah, he might have to stick 10 grand of his cash into the deal to acquire that 40,000 in equity. But for goodness sakes, if he doesn't put the 10 grand and he's not adding 40,000 to his balance sheet, and yet, like you said, if he can get the cash flow over two or three years to pay him back the 10,000 he's into the deal, it's even better. Because mm -hmm. now he, he can redeploy that 10,000 into another deal and continue to leverage his capital. But instead of buying this property and putting a $20,000 down payment down and having no equity other than, than that, he's actually built the equity through the sweat. And that's the beauty of the Burr investment. It doesn't matter what his interest rate is. It doesn't matter what his monthly payment is, as long as it's close. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully he's renting it for fourteen hundred and his payment's twelve hundred or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Something like that. Pretty darn close. So I mean, you know, look, let me tell you. So here's a little, here's a little hint for you guys out there. A two hundred dollar a month positive cash flow rental is not a two hundred dollar a month cash. Flow. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. What happens is your furnace breaks down, a water mm -hmm. heater breaks down. You know, the carpet needs to be cleaned after a tenant turn. Cash flow, in my mind, is not why you buy an investment. It's certainly not why you do a Burr. You do a Burr investment to build equity in your balance sheet and to build net worth and to leverage a limited amount of capital that you have. Those are the reasons to do a Burr investment. Mm -hmm. Any positive cash flow that comes from a Burr investment, to me, is just gravy. Icing on the cake. Yeah, no doubt. And there's another uh, little adage there, too. Uh, you know, doing these burn investments, I try to upgrade as much in the house as I can. The furnace, the hot water heater, the electrical, the plumbing, if it needs it, so that I can minimize the risk of having to make them updates or repairs down the road on properties that, you know, may not be um, cash flowing as excessively as I want. What Herb is talking about right now is he's talking about capitalizing investments, capitalizing into the into the loan. Um, as much of the deferred maintenance as you can. So if you have a furnace and a water heater and a roof, things that are at the end or near the end of their useful life and you're doing a burr investment, if you can capitalize those improvements into the loan by doing them up front with your hard money loan, using your renovation funds, and then refinancing out all that capital later, basically what you're doing is you're capitalizing the cost of those renovations into a loan that you pay over time. So instead of having to do a refinance and then three weeks later have to pay 10,000 for a roof, you already did the roof. That The cost of that roof is in the basis of your property that you borrowed against with your refinance, but that's okay because you're paying it over time and you're stretching out the cost of it. And you're not, and, and most importantly, you're leaving that cash in your pocket because it's not going into the deal. It's not capital, it's capitalized through the loan. So it's a big deal. It's a big, big thing to do as much as you can when you're doing a burr investment because Herb wants to have a more stable cash flow over the next three, four, five years. He doesn't want to have a lot of big deferred maintenance items coming down the down the pipe. So if if Herb can capitalize those into the loan up front, he's removing or at least eliminating or, or minimizing the chances of having big deferred maintenance expenses in the near and medium term future. So that's a big deal. That and if I need to liquidate a property at some point in time, I can do that faster without making repairs first. That's another good point. If he needs to resell the property, it's going to be more marketable because it has less deferred maintenance. He's going to get more for it. So the actual market value will be closer to the appraisal value than otherwise it might be. And the demand and the marketability of that property will be even better. And of course, your tenant experience will be better because it's got a newer roof and doesn't have roof leaks. You don't have to call somebody to fix a roof leak three weeks later in the winter. Um, you don't have to spend that 10 grand to redo the roof because it's already done. And when, when you go to sell it in three or four or five years, if that's what you end up doing, then you can tell your new buyer, hey, the roof's three or four years old instead of 20 years old. 
And if he decides to keep it till he's, you know, 60, which is what he should do, the roof, the roof will last him that whole life. And then when he goes to resell it 20 years from now, I can put a brand new one on, then capitalize it then, and he'll have equity that he would have built that will pay for that. So it's a win-win-win. I love it. Uh, any other interesting elements to this deal that you want to talk about? Uh, this deal was pretty cut and dry compared to some of the ones that I've done in the past that have been a bit more in-depth. Um, I would say that you know this deal probably could have been uh, completed. Uh, the renovation process could have been completed faster. That was the one thing that I was, uh, I guess, somewhat unhappy with. Uh, but the end, at the end of the day, this is my second. Uh, this is my second job, or what I do on the side. Um, I try not to push my contractors too hard because I like to keep them around and keep the same same team working together along the way. So I come try to accommodate everyone's schedules. I like that point too about this being a second job. A burr investment can be a second job, and it's a great way to build wealth for somebody who has a W two. Okay, if you are working a nine to five job, or if you're a realtor like Herb, or you know any kind of commission job, whatever you're doing. A Burr investment is a way to pay for your kid's college, okay? If you buy a property for 58,000, you put 20,000 into it, okay? So you're into it for 78,000 plus your fees and cost of capital holding costs. Maybe you're into the holding for 90,000, something like that, whatever, 100,000. And that thing is worth 140. You can get a, a loan on it for 100,000 when you're done. It means that you just built 40,000 in equity immediately with zero cash or almost zero cash out of pocket. And then you're carrying a cash flowing rental with little deferred maintenance over the next 15 or 18, 20 years. That means when your newborn child is 18, ready to go to college, God forbid they actually go, you'll be able to pay for it with this property, which will be paid off and worth what, double? Yeah. 250? Okay, hopefully that'll pay for a couple of years of college right there. You got three kids, you gotta do it three times. You wanna go to, you know, you wanna retire in Fiji, you better do a couple of these now. But if you do this now and you hold on for 15 to 20 years, you put 20 year debt on it, 20 years from now, you will hopefully still be alive. The decision that you make today, Herb 2022, is going to affect the balance sheet of Herb 2042. And every burr he does this year will make him a quarter million, quarter million dollars richer when he retires. And that's what you can do too. A burr investment, you can do it on the side. It's not a full-time job. It can be. You know, you can turn it into a business, but it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Herb can manage a contractor and do his day job. And it takes what? It takes four months and he takes another two or three weeks to get an appraisal, another two weeks to close. Okay, five months, five and a half months, no big deal. You know what? He's he's not getting rich off it, but he's putting 40 grand of equity in his in his bank, in his, you know, his balance sheet. He can do that three times a year, make 120 grand extra right like that in equity. And then of course, you know, that's another three, four hundred thousand on his balance sheet that's compounding over the next 15 or 20 years. This is how you become a millionaire with real estate investing on the side with almost no money. Okay, how much cash you had out of pocket on this deal? You might have had 15, 20,000 cash mm-hmm. because you had to put some of your money on the down payment. You had to prepay some of your interest and fees. And then you had to put some of the renovations in up front. And then you got reimbursed draws. So, yeah, you needed some money. But you know what, guys? You need some money. Get some money. Save some money up. Save 20 or 30 grand up. When you go back and refinance this deal, now you're going to get most, if not all, of that back. And guess what you're going to do? You're about to close on another one. That's, that's true. Yep. You got another one in the pipeline. So, you can put these out three, four months at a time. You, your lender's not going to have a problem with this stuff. They're going to love it as long as you're doing good projects and you're, you're showing good income. You know, the thing that your lender happens to like, I bet, is he looks at you and says, oh, you got a day job, huh? Oh, I see some income from you for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, and your credit's good. You're a pretty good credit risk. I don't mind giving you 75, 80% of the appraised value of this property. No problem. Even though it's a little more than a lot of banks will do. And here, here's a 6% interest rate amortized over 20 years, which means you can still cash flow to $300 a month after, after everything. And then you can do it again. Mm-hmm. 
good for you, man. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a good run. We're going to keep it, keep it going. Yeah. I've got, uh, got one that I'm working on right now. Uh, one in the pipeline and I'm starting to line up my, my second one in the pipeline. So you know what I say right now, right? <laughs> Go get them. <laughs>